In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hey there, it is In the Lab time, and I'm Drew, that's John. What's going on, dude? Yeah, man, what's going on? It's a little chilly here in uh, Houston, but we're dealing with it. It was a good day in New York. It was a lot better than some of the days we had last year with all the rain and all that kind of stuff. I can handle the cold and the wind. There's no rain. I'm good. So wish we'd have had a win. I'll say this. I hate rain down in the field, but I would take rain every single road trip if it meant we were flying home with a dub. Heck yeah. Every time. That would mean you'd gone 8-0 on the road this year? 9-0 this year. 9-0? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. 9-0 this year. I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, Texans fell to the G-Men. Those guys ran it 47 times Ooh. against the Houston defense. But, John, the next opponent, just last night, the Washington Commanders ran the ball 49 times in their win over the Eagles. 49. 49. 49. They only got 3.1 a carry, but who cares? If you're running the ball that much, that means you're owning the clock, and the other team is not on the field much, unless you're like, army or somebody like that (laughs) you're probably winning the game because if you throw it 49 times that's usually a dub if you're excuse me if you run it 49 times that's usually a dub if you throw it it's almost guaranteed to be a loss when you throw it in the high 40s i mean how do you how do you get around that i mean other than popping the ball loose getting getting a fumble or two or a pick on the few times a team does throw it and taylor heineke he can throw some interceptions but How do you keep a team from just gashing you over and over and over like that? Because the Texans have been run on with high volume and high success rate on those runs just about every single game this season. So just from a mathematical perspective, if you can at some point hold them and force them into punts or field goals, yeah. And then offensively, you are that efficient that you're putting up touchdowns and then you make them chase, panic, and then chase you, then maybe you got an opportunity there. What you cannot let them do, it's just like a race. You can't let them get out. And even though they might be the turtle, if they get out of front in front of you and you have to go chase them, then it plays right into their hands. Taylor doesn't have to carry the offense, even though Taylor, I think, threw it 29 times, I think. Yeah, they ran 78 plays or 80 plays. That's insane. They had the ball for 40 minutes. But what do you, every single week, send us an email or a text about one thing in particular? Turnover differential every Tuesday. It comes your way. The Texans have slunk, slumped, slid, slid, slid. Tumbled Dropped. to even. Now you would have thought one seven and one. Oh, they must be like eight or nine right. underwater. No, they they don't. They, they haven't turned the ball over that much, and they haven't really gotten that many takeaways. But they've been decent with ball security. Not as good as they were last year taking the ball away. But they're tied for fourteenth at zero in mm-hmm. turnover differential, meaning they've turned it over as many times as they've taken it away. However, Washington, John, as you saw from that email this morning, they're minus two. Right. So they, they're giving the ball up more than they get it. But on Monday night, mm-hmm. they were plus two. Yeah. They forced four Philadelphia turnovers. They dominated the ball. And, and you know what Mike Leach says about time of possession. It's just not that important. However, if Mike Leach will fight you if, yes. you if you bring up importance of time of possession. And so 
it's not Mike Leach, but just in general, time of possession is not the most important thing, especially in the NFL. However, when you are somewhat effective on the ground mm -hmm. and you can keep an explosive, volatile offense on the sidelines, and when an offense comes on the field, they're turning you the ball, turning the ball over to you, that's a pretty good formula to win. And that's a stout defense, stout front. Getting some so help. they won the turnover margin. They won time of possession, which in this game was pretty important because it kept them on a side. Not only did they win time of possession, they doubled them up. 40 minutes to 19 mm. for the Eagles. They did exactly what we were trying to do on that Thursday night. We just allowed them too many opportunities, turned the ball over twice. We lost the turnover margin. That was the difference. Had we won a turnover margin, there was a decent shot, a decent shot to knock off the Eagles, but you didn't. And so they're... I've always said that a team takes on the personality of its coach. And Ron Rivera was a linebacker. Yep. He played hard. He was physical. He wants to see that in his team. And that's what he's got. He knows he doesn't have the absolute rock star at quarterback. But you know what he's got? He's got a good old indie band that everybody loves to see and that everybody comes out to the coffee house to listen to. And it gets the job done. And that's Taylor Heineke. Former Texan Taylor yeah, Heineke. I just compared him to an indie band. But... He's done good things. Not great, good. And he's the right leader, I think, for that team right now. So uh, it's worked for them. But if you do those things, if you win turnover margin, if you can win time of possession, then that's, I think, the way the Texans would really like to play. But I think there's more there in the passing game for the Texans and maybe for the Commanders. However, Commanders have Terry McLaurin. So when they do decide to throw, they got one of the best receivers in the league catching it eight times for 128 yards. So it's not as if it was pound it for three, pound it for three, pound it for three. It was pound it for three, pound it for three, hit McLaren. Yeah. Pound it for four, get five. He's dynamic. McLaren. He's very yeah. dynamic. So you got that going on. You're throwing Curtis Samuel in the mix, and it's 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 going to be every game in the NFL is a challenge, but this one becomes even more so because the way they want to win the game and the way they think they can win the game um, has worked against you at times this year. The Bears did that. The Bears dominated uh, the game on the ground, and that was the only way they stayed in it. This Washington team can dominate the ball on the ground and then has the defensive front to put you in the ground, and that uh, that's what worries me a little bit about this game. Okay. Favorite memory of the last three contests against Washington, because you've won all three of them. In 10 there, in 14 here, and in... 18 there. Yep. Mine was the 101 yard mm -hmm. INT return for a score by Justin Reed. Yep. Tied, of course, with you know the Andre Johnson knockout picture yeah. where he called the touchdown. <laughs> yeah. That was in 10. Mine is in 14 because that's my first game down yeah. on the sidelines. I knew it would be. And Alfred Blue blocking a punt. How about that? Rookie was, Alfred Blue. Yeah, it was massive. Um, because we had just scored, they had scored. I think it was Alfred Morris. I think Alfie Mo scored through a deep ball to hop. So that made it seven. I want to say we we missed the extra point. I can't remember. But it was either seven, 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 six. And then we came right around and blocked the punt. Took a lead and uh, didn't give it back. That that was Alfred Blue blocking that punt. And I, what I remember about that was that was my first game on the sideline. So I'm, always, I'm trying to figure out, like, where I need to be, where I need to go. And I was... Always with punts, I'm, I'm like, should I go down to the other end with the returner or should I stay here to make sure the punt? And I got caught in between. 
And so I started to walk down, and I actually heard through my headphones, I heard the double bump. You know, when you hear a block punt, you're like, just the punter punting it and the guy blocking right. it. Right. And so I heard that. I turned around, and I heard the crowd going nuts. And then I saw us go and pick up the football, and I thought, man, okay. And then you learn things. You're like, okay, punts, I'm staying here until the punt. <laughs> I'll do that. And it's weird because I very rarely would go behind a punt, but I did one time. That was against Tennessee when we tried to pooch it to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And I happened to be right there seeing the ball hit Chester Rogers' foot in the rain last year. Uh-huh. And that was one of the rare times I've gone down with the returner uh, to see that. And it just turned out I was right there, and I saw the ball hit the foot, and I was telling him, I was kind of giving Mark the play-by-play in his ear, ball hit his foot, we're on it. And so, of course, he's like, the ball hit Rogers' foot, the Texans are on it, first down. You know, So I always stay with the punter just to make sure it doesn't get blocked. And even if it ends up being a return, the return's got to go by me anyway, so it's not a bad place to be. But I learned it that day where I, where I needed to be on those punts for sure. Yeah, that's a good learning experience for sure. And um, you know what the Texans have never done against the Redskins? Mm, lost? They've, they've, scored, um, they've scored on special teams with the block punt there. They've yep. done that twice, actually. They've scored on defense with Justin Reed. Yep. They've passed for touchdowns to guys like Andre Johnson and Kevin mm-hmm. Walter, Jacoby Jones, and yep. some others. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins actually has caught two touchdown passes. Yep, he had one in 18 for sure. You know what they've never done? Never run for a touchdown? They've never run for a touchdown. Oh, that's a party foul. I get, get fined for that. That's no, okay. He'll they've right. never run for a touchdown in their entire history. No, it's only five games, right. but they've never run for never a touchdown. Never run for a touchdown. It. Isn't that wild? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Never That's a nice little nugget there. I like that. That's right. So. I like that. That's that is truly in the lab nerdness right there. That's what never we do. run for a touchdown. That's, what that's we pretty do. wild. That's so that's a good. little stroll down memory lane, but let's take a stroll down more recent memory lane. You had an interesting encounter with one Steve Smith that we kind of forgot to bring up recently. But yeah. tell us about this. Well, this is cool. There's one of the reasons Big we, Steve Smith fan. Yeah, one of the reasons I didn't bring this up is because what happened, the, the result of what happened uh, came through on Monday night. So we played the Eagles on Thursday night, and James Palmer, who used to be at CSN Houston's yep. mouth NFL Network since CSN Houston went away, um, is a good friend of ours and a good friend of mine. And so we get together, we're always just chatting about things, you know, where he's been and how things are going for us. And so I was over there talking to, to James Palmer, and Steve Smith was there with the NFL Network, former Carolina Panthers wide receiver, and played with the Ravens. I've always been a big fan of his because the way he competed, of course, he was always a great soundbite, but I just love the way he competed in, in, in everything. And, you know, he had, he's got a little hothead to him, and I know that I could be that way too. So I, I just really connected with Steve for a long time. And he was with the Carolina Panthers, and my whole family lives in North Carolina. So kind of on the sly, I want the Panthers to do well. And when he was there with the Panthers, he did very, very well. So he just happened to be with the Panthers when my my brother and sister-in-law lived in Charlotte, and they had season tickets. They had season tickets from the beginning, and their kids were growing up. And they, I would see them go to games, and they were always wearing 89 jersey. And I said, I'd seen him before, but I'm not one that usually like walks up to people and introduces myself. Mm-hmm. And so James and I were talking. We kind of moved over, and I said, I, I said, hey, you think I can talk to Steve? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to you. And I, so I introduced myself to Steve Smith. And I said, I said, I've wanted to tell you this for a long time, Steve. My nieces and nephews and my brother and sister-in-law were massive fans of yours, man. Massive fans. 
they were Panther. They lived in Charlotte. They've been in Charlotte for forever. They just moved. All the kids moved out. And then my brother and sister-in-law moved up to Alexandria, Virginia. But you were one of their favorites, man. Every year for Halloween, they were wearing your, they were wearing your jersey. They were going out as you Halloween. They wore your jersey in championship games. Wherever they went, they were wearing 89, man. They were just big fans of yours. And I said, I w- I've, I've been to. I said, but they were, they were really big fans. He goes, man, that's, that's cool, man. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate hearing that. He goes, hey. And he reached down, and he grabbed a piece of paper, and he said, hey, give me their address and their names. I want to get them something. And I thought, I don't know their address because they've all moved. And even my brother and sister-in-law moved. I knew their address by heart in Charlotte, 4311 Foxcroft Lane. I knew it, <laughs> but they moved. And so I'm like, dang. And so I started writing my brother and sister-in-law's name down on the, on the card for him. And then I just wrote, I said, Steve, they've all moved. I said, I'm gonna, can I give you my address and I'll get it to them, whatever? Yeah, 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 man. Takes a piece of paper, you know, looked at it, put it in his pocket. I'm like, I didn't think much of it. You know, I, right. I just it was cool to meet him. And that was a story I could tell my brother and sister-in-law. thought it was cool because I know had they ever met him, they would have said the same thing. Man, we were big fans of yours. Monday night I go out, it's pouring down rain, I go out to the mailbox, and there's, I can't see in the mail, but I can tell there's something that's kind of stuck in there, and I'm like, this is a big envelope. So I get it, and I, I got my with the dogs outside, and I can't really see what it is. I get inside, and the the return address, it's got a little, you know, they put the return address up in the corner, mm-hmm. and it's Agent 89 Properties. And I'm like, <laughs> that's son awesome. of a bee. <laughs> I open it up, and Steve Smith had sent three autographed, personalized photos that's awesome one for my brother-in-law one for my sister-in-law and then a different one for me and it was like to john it's great meeting you steve smith age 89 and i just i was floored and it wasn't so much that it wasn't so much that you know he did it but it was just so kind i mean i was just meeting him I, I i didn't expect that at all i i mean i didn't want him to do anything like that but just to be able to say, hey, I know you guys were fans of mine, um, and that meant a lot to me. It's brilliant. Here's just a, here's just a you know, kind thing to do. I mean, put it in the envelope, send it to me in Houston, and I, w- I was floored. So I, so I f- now I had to get the address of my brother and sister-in-law. Sure. So I said, hey, can I get y'all's address? And now, of course, I got to tell them, why are you asking for our address? And so then I, I typed the same story, and then I send them the two pictures. Hmm. And they're... They're older. They're a little bit older than me. It's my wife's. My wife's a little bit older than me, and those are my. That's my wife's oldest brother, and I'm sending them an autographed, personalized picture. I mean, they they were so thankful. They thought it was really, really cool, and it just goes to show, man. Sometimes you know, professional athletes, entertainers, it's good to be kind to people, man. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I didn't expect it, but Steve Smith will forever, forever. And I've always been a big fan of his, but that just you know catapulted him to. He went out of his way to do something like that uh, and send that to me so I could send it to them. I just, I was floored by it. So, AJ89, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, I'm going to put that story on Twitter. So, hopefully, it'll at least get to his Twitter, his Twitter handle so he can see it. But, man, huge, huge thanks. That's and, an above and beyond thing because, yeah. you know, like one, one, one gesture that I've always been struck by that I'm like, this is just brilliant and it's simple and it will forever make whoever was on the other end of it, a fan of yours for life. Mm-hmm. It will all, always be your fan for life and talk about it, is when J.J. Watt started playing catch yes. before the game. Absolutely. You know, you throw a ball to, from, or you catch a ball from J.J. White, you're going to tell everybody about yes. that. He, he would throw Forever. it to opposing fans when mm-hmm. you're on the road. 
right when he started doing it, like the first couple games that he did it, I think one of them was in the preseason at New Orleans. I don't know what year it was. But, I mean, he threw it up into the upper deck. Yeah. And somebody, I think, told him, like, hey, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, somebody's yeah. going <laughs> to run. Somebody's going to fall over, right. die, and you'll never forgive yourself. And so, right. yeah, he stopped doing that. He kept it in the first row. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just simple stuff like that, and it, it created a big scene. But, man, Steve Smith, that's that's going above and beyond because, A, you know, you got to give that to somebody to have it sent back. And right. Da, 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 and He's yeah. got to mail it out. That's, yeah, that was really cool. I mean, I don't even part. do that for my own family to mail stuff out. <laughs> and here he is, sent, you know, sending out. And I just – now I'm a Steve Smith fan. I was always, I was, I was, I was already just, thinking favorably. I'm, I mean, I'm one of the kind, one. one of the most kind things anybody's ever done is what JJ Watt did for my son. I mean, we, it, yeah. one of these days on the pod, maybe in the off season, we'll talk about those sort of things because I think you know people have this perception of you know of athletes and you know making a lot of money and they're into themselves and that, but and there are a few of those guys out there. But for the they're for kind the of most exceptions, part, yeah. To yes, it all. for the most part. The, the players in the NFL, the people in this building, people in a lot of NFL buildings, man, the time they give, the the, the effort that they make for fans, for people, it just it's just incredible. I mean, I was I was blown away. So uh, Steve Smith will always be uh, – he'll always be one of those guys. I mean, he, he goes into a higher level for just doing something. What seems simple, like you said, to go find a picture, put it in an envelope, address it, to me, send it off. It all t- that. It takes some time. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. So, yeah. good stuff, Steve Smith. Thank you. And on that note, we're gonna fin- this, finish this in the lab. John, good stuff as always, yeah, and we will see you again very, very soon.